Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shows. And today we have the end of Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp. And if it seems like things were left too far away for an end to be so near, we are going to rush quite a bit to the end, and Aladdin is going to have not one, but two battles before him, before he gets to his happy ending. This is Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp. That morning, the princess arose earlier than she had done since she had been carried into Africa by the magician, whose company she was forced to endure once a day. She, however, treated him so harshly that he dared not live there altogether. As she was dressing, one of her women looked out and saw Aladdin. The princess ran and opened the window, and at the noise she made, Aladdin looked up. She called to him to come to her, and great was the joy of these lovers at seeing each other again. After he had kissed her, Aladdin said, I beg of you, princess, in God's name, before we speak of anything else for your own sake and mine, tell me what has become of an old lamp I left on the cornice in the hall of four and twenty windows when I went a-hunting. Alas, she said, I am the innocent cause of our sorrows, and told him of the exchange of the lamp. Now I know cried Aladdin, that we have to thank the African magician for this. Where is the lamp? He carries it about with him, said the princess. I know, for he pulled it out of his breast to show me. He wishes to break my faith with you and marry him, saying that you were beheaded at my father's command. He is forever speaking ill of you, but I only reply by my tears. If I persist, I doubt not, but he will use violence. Aladdin comforted her and left her for a while. He changed clothes with the first person he met in town, and having bought a certain powder, returned to the princess who let him in by a little side door. Put on your most beautiful dress, he said to her, and receive the magician with smiles, leading him to believe that you have forgotten me. Invite him to sup with you, and say you wish to taste the wine of his country. He will go for some, and while he is gone I will tell you what to do. She listened carefully to Aladdin, and when he left, she arrayed herself gaily for the first time since she left China. She put on a girdle and headdress of diamonds, and, seeing in a glass that she was more beautiful than ever, received the magician, saying to his great amazement, I have made up my mind that Aladdin is dead, and that my tears will not bring him back to me. So, I am resolved to mourn no more, and have therefore invited you to sup with me, but I am tired of the wines of China and would fain taste those of Africa. The magician flew to his cellar, and the princess put the powder Aladdin had given to her into her cup. When he returned, she asked him to drink her health in the wine of Africa, handing him her cup in exchange for his, as a sign that she was reconciled to him. Before drinking, the magician made her a speech in praise of her beauty, but the princess cut him short, saying, let us drink first, and you shall say what you will afterward. She set her cup to her lips and kept it there, while the magician drained his to the dregs and fell back lifeless. The princess then opened the door to Aladdin and flung her arms round his neck, but Aladdin put her away, bidding her leave him, as he had more to do. He then went to the dead magician, took the lamp out of his vest, and bade the genie carry the palace and all in it back to China. This was done, and the princess in her chamber only felt two little shocks and little thought that she was home again. 
The sultan, who was sitting in his closet mourning for his lost daughter, happened to look up and rubbed his eyes, for there stood the palace as before. He hastened thither, and Aladdin received him in the hall of four-and-twenty windows with the princess at his side. Aladdin told him what had happened, and showed him the dead body of the magician, that he might believe. A ten-days' feast was proclaimed, and it seemed as if Aladdin might now live the rest of his life in peace. But it was not to be. The African magician had a younger brother, who was, if possible, more wicked and more cunning than himself. He travelled to China to avenge his brother's death, and went to visit a pious woman called Fatima, thinking she might be of use to him. He entered her cell and clapped a dagger to her breast, telling her to rise and do his bidding on pain of death. He changed clothes with her, colored his face like hers, put on her veil, and then murdered her, that she might tell no tales. Then she went toward the palace of Aladdin, and all the people, thinking he was the holy woman, gathered round him, kissing his hands and begging his blessing. When he got to the palace, there was such a noise going on round him that the princess bade her slave look out the window and ask what was the matter. The slave said it was the holy woman, curing people by her touch of their ailments, whereupon the princess, who had long desired to see Fatima, sent for her. On coming to the princess, the magician offered up a prayer for her health and prosperity. When he had done so, the princess made him sit by her and begged him to stay with her always. The false Fatima, who wished for nothing better, consented, but kept his veil down for fear of discovery. The princess showed him the hall, and asked him what he thought of it. "'It is truly beautiful,' said the false Fatima. "'In my mind it wants but one thing.' "'And what is that?' said the princess. "'If only a rock's egg,' replied he, "'were hung up from the middle of this dome, "'it would be the wonder of the world.' After this the princess could think of nothing but the rock's egg, and when Aladdin returned from hunting, he found her in a very ill humour. He begged to know what was amiss, and she told him that all her pleasure in the hall was spoiled for the want of a rock's egg hanging from the dome. If that is all, replied Aladdin, you shall soon be happy. He left her and rubbed the lamp, and when the genie appeared, commanded him to bring a rock's egg. The genie gave such a loud and terrible shriek that the hall shook. "'Wretch!' he cried. "'Is it not enough that I have done everything for you, "'but you must command me to bring my master "'and hang him up in the midst of this dome? "'You and your wife and your palace "'deserve to be burnt to ashes. "'But that this request does not come from you, "'but from the brother of the African magician "'whom you destroyed. "'He is now in your palace disguised "'as the holy woman whom he murdered. "'He it was who put that wish into your wife's head.' Take care of yourself, for he means to kill you. So saying, the genie disappeared. Aladdin went back to the princess, saying that his head ached, and requesting that the holy Fatima should be fetched to lay her hands on it. But when the magician came near, Aladdin, seizing his dagger, pierced him to the heart. What have you done? cried the princess. You have killed the holy woman. Not so, replied Aladdin, but a wicked magician and told her of how she had been deceived. 
After this, Aladdin and his wife lived in peace. He succeeded the sultan when he died and reigned for many years, leaving behind him a long line of kings. And that is the end of Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp. And again, I don't really love Aladdin in this story. He certainly does not come off well. Even at the end, he's acting just completely of his own volition and a bit like a spoiled child, if I'm honest. But that's the story as it was captured and as it was recorded in the Blue Fairy Book. This is Dan Scholes from the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com. We'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always... Thank you so much for listening.